Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. You're back. Well, I'm back. You're back. In the country. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. What a trip, huh? It was. You know, the funny thing is, there was just an element of exhale when we got into Dallas from the simple standpoint of, I could read everything. It was easy to find where, where I'm going. It's weird. And that's, that's <laughs> Such bizarre. a relief. It's like you could kind of like dial your brain back a little bit because mm-hmm. you weren't mm-hmm. processing multiple languages. Yeah. Um, but one of the things we did in Mexico was um, we told some jokes. Did you? Yeah. They, they tell me jokes are hard to tell, you know, cross-culturally. Yeah. Well, this was not cross-cultural. This was between Chad, myself, and Trey Newland. Excellent. So, Curly, Larry, and Moe. Yeah. Well, actually, we were kind of, uh, you know, indoctrinating Trey with some good jokes. So anyway, this is one of Chad's. This uh, is okay. this is a funny one. So um, <laughs> what do you call a short witch that just escaped from jail? Just escaped from jail. I want something to do with a convict or something, but... Okay, you ready? Yes. A small medium at large. Oh, that's that's not bad. You get it. A small yeah, medium at large. At large. That's really good. <laughs> that was clever. That was clever. Yeah, Chad, that he's a clever like guy. Wordplay. That was good. Yeah, good wordplay. Maybe, like, maybe I like jokes like that with wordplay. Yeah, there you go. They're playing with words. Oh my! But we don't play with words around here. We do not. We rightly divide the words. We try to read the word (laughs) as good as we can. As best we can. God's help. Uh, Yeah, we do. Amen. All right. So we were in Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just a couple of questions. And some of these may sound repetitive over the weeks, but Mm -hmm. um, in verse 23, let me read it because Mm -hmm. both questions that I have here actually come from that verse. So it reads, let us hold fast the confession of our shoot i lost my space mm-hmm. let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful mm-hmm. um so hold fast um you may or may not have used the word drift in that context um it's the potential for people to drift mm-hmm. and we this is where we talked about a firm grip mm-hmm. a few weeks back close yeah. to a month ago mm-hmm. i think um so what do you think are some of the major causes of drift in a, in a person's life. When you think about an organization sometimes, they mm-hmm. start off mm-hmm. very clearly focused, but then I think there's even a book called Mission Drift. They mm-hmm. start to lose focus. So for us as believers, what would you say are some major areas of drift? Well, how about if I just go back and use, uh, since you brought up that, the, uh, the business uh, type of, you know, mm-hmm. a business or a church can drift from then with a Christian, uh, let's start with uh, the basics of I'm trusting God with my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm putting my life into His hands. Uh, you'll use different uh, you'll use different words to describe your conversion experience. So you'll notice I just used the term or the image of you know, you know when I got converted, I placed myself into God. I placed myself into God's care. Mm-hmm. So. That drift happens when, for some strange reason, uh, some circumstances in my mind now are causing me to doubt that God is capable for me. 
is a way to think about the drift. You know, what? where does it start? Well, just think about a circumstance that a person has. All of a sudden, their confidence, I can use that word, I can use trust, because those are very important in Hebrews 10. All of a sudden, your confidence in God is less than it was at the start. And so you're beginning to drift away from your confidence or your trust. The one that I keep going back to remember is the second soil in the parable of the four soils. So I was reading it again today in in prepping for Sunday again. So Matthew 13, where Jesus explains the parable of the soils, the second soil is the person that they they get started in their faith, but then there's uh, trouble that hits. Right. And then they, uh, you know, they leave the faith. There's yeah. no fruit. So I, I, I could start with something like that. The second thing that comes to mind is I don't I didn't I, I don't have them memorized, but I did mention five things uh, a few weeks back that people could look for. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember them, but um, there were there were five things that I did mention back then. You might want to check either the podcast that we did a few times ago or yeah, we a couple of those five. sermons. So those five would be another way in which we could, um, you know, we could talk about, you know, my faith. Um, I'm drifting away from my original first confidence in God. Um, you begin to doubt his so, his word, you begin to doubt his faithfulness. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it's the evangelicals. I don't, I don't think I don't think you're the type of person that's going to doubt his word. I don't think that's it. I think you're holding on to God, you're holding on to faith, you're clinging to faith in that sense. Mm-hmm. But in a, in, a, in a different way, uh, for instance, take if, if you've been someone, if you've been hurt by a church person or church leadership or something like that, and now all of a sudden you have, you have your guard up with a local church, yeah. then now all of a sudden, uh, and, I, and I know people don't think this way anymore, but actually your faith is beginning to drift. Yeah, it's just one, it's one of those, you know, I, I talk about it a lot in this series because I'm reading a lot about this, evangelicals leaving the church, but trying to cling to faith in Christ. So there's an example of, you know, a person gets hurt in the church and they're going to think about church differently and they're in danger of drift. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a couple of sub questions under mm-hmm. that, yeah. just, just more specifically, and mm-hmm. this one's for you. Yeah, good. Uh, have you experienced any temptations that you think are specific to having been a follower of Christ for a number of years? So as opposed to someone who's new to the faith. So, you know, you've been at it for, I forget how long or when you came to the Lord. When yeah, were, when I was 10. Yeah, that's what roughly I uh, around 10 years old. So, so you've been at it for 50 years. years. Yeah. So at year 50, are there temptations to drift that are unique to so, that stage? Yeah, uh, and I really appreciate uh, you know someone thinking along those lines. I think one of the things, and I've talked about it with parishioners over the last three or four weeks, mm-hmm. so I used to think that hopefully the older you got, the less you'd be tempted. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning, and I should have believed my mentors early on when they told me that, no, actually, the older you get with the Lord, the temptations become more severe. So I think that's one of the, you know, I, I'm hoping, I hope I'm answering this question. I, one of the things that I face is temptations are very, very strong, mm. despite the fact that I've been with the, with the Lord a long time. So I wouldn't have expected that. I would have expected, you know, well, you know, 
of course, a new Christian, a newer Christian is really going to struggle with temptation because, you know, this is all new to them. Right. They've been, but it's been normalized for them for but years. But if you think about, think about the theology of this, that, you know, if I said, you know, what does, what does Satan have to do to tempt a novice to fall? How, how strong on the, on the strength meter, how strong does the temptation have to get to cause a newbie to fall? Yeah. Then ask the question, okay, what is he what kind of pressure does he have to exert for a mature Christian to fall? Well, he we might say he has to exert more pressure, which says to me that the temptation will be stronger. He has to put more force in mm-hmm. order to get the person to fall. And that might be, I just ask you to think about that, but that might be the reason why a lot of us say the older we get, the temptations get stronger and you fight hard for faith. I'll just say one other thing quickly. Sure. Mm-hmm. That also explains why the subject of endurance, which will come up again, you know, one, one of the elements of a hardworking faith is this having endurance, patient endurance, mm-hmm. the ability to bear up under a load that's unpleasant. The reason why that becomes such a big deal for the believer, especially later in life, is because uh, the temptations are so strong Yeah, as you, as you get closer to the Lord. Um, would you say there's a temptation to drift... 50 years in because it's kind of commonplace and routine or and maybe not even for you but for have you seen that even in oh yeah oh yeah i'm sure that's true okay. i'm sure that i'm sure that the you know you know they, you go through the motions and you've had your devotion for 50 years and you've prayed mm-hmm. for 50 years and it just could be kind of like it just always happens and all of a sudden satan takes you by surprise and that's the that's the dilemma is that one of the reasons why this particular text is important for us is because this this congregation is suffering from circumstances that are causing them to doubt their faith in Christ. And they really have no reason to at all because the author mm-hmm. keeps telling them, you remember this, you remember this, you remember this. Look at, look at how you got started, but it's possible that some of these things became commonplace. Gotcha. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, second kind of sub question there under the yeah. drift. So we've got a lot of young families at the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some things that you might caution them to be on guard for? I, th- I think nowadays, uh, goodness, busyness is just, we're just really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're busier than ever because we've got so much good technology to help us fill our time even more. Mm. Uh, we can do so much. Uh, so busyness is one of the things that young families have to watch. It's so easy to get so wrapped up into life and all of the elements of life that worship and service is uh, takes a back seat. So again, rearranging priorities, which we talked about maybe a week or two ago, is I think that's critical. The other one is I don't think any of us can escape uh, can escape. Um, I'm trying to think of the wording from that third soil. Uh, the, the cares of this world, the riches and the cares of this world. I forget exactly how it's worded there in mm-hmm. the third soil, but that's one in our culture, I think, that's still huge. Mm-hmm. We are very, very materialistic. Yep. And we, and most of us in our faith family have it really good financially, so we, we can do a lot. We can enjoy a lot. It's but easy for that. There's always more to get. Yeah, it's a trap. Yep. Yeah, so that, that would be one that I think is really, uh, really important for young families. And then finally... Uh, from everything that I'm reading about the the younger generations, not just the younger generation, but a couple of generations back from us, 
So, um, you know, what are they like the, the millennials and the gen, gen Z. X and gen Z's or something like that? Or, gen Z would be after. So, yeah. so those, everything that I'm reading about them, mm-hmm. uh, these folks are really struggling with the authority of scripture. And so I would say to uh, any of you, if, if, like, for instance, if you're of that age group, you are going to struggle with, you know, you know, we talk about the air that we breathe. So you're going to struggle with the authority of Scripture as it relates to, compares to, contrasts with the sermons of our of our day. So society's preaching its messages to us, and you're going to face that. And, and the bottom line is push will come to shove, and which one of these is authoritative? Mm-hmm. Society's understanding of God or God's own self-revelation? The one that we'll we'll get to this coming Sunday. Here's a great example of this. So we started it last weekend, verse 27. Um, the um, if there if you reject the sacrifice of Christ, there's no more sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. And ultimately, the scriptures will say that's going to land in the lake of fire uh, element. Mm-hmm. You know that sphere, the lake of fire. They, that's complete judgment forever in all eternity. So, But then if you come down further into this text, you have uh, verse 30, which we'll get to, Lord willing, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And then again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Well, that huge warning, that severe warning, Mm -hmm. our culture, remember, reads that and says, no, that can't be. God is not like that. Right. So that's one of those, I think that's one of those temptations. That's good. Yeah. Um, one of the books I read about the younger generations, um, like let's just say elementary age and mm-hmm. up through high school, Yeah. just the amount of input that they take in through any given week, uh, how small the percentage is of spiritual input. You know, Lots so of, yeah, the I weight think, the weight is heavy on the one you're saying, right? And even if they're, you know, even if you're a family that is kind of a Sunday, Wednesday, whenever the church doors are open, yeah. you're their kind of family. Um, yeah. That's still a pretty small percentage compared to yep. the other inputs in their lives. Yeah. So I think also to counteract that, just to ramp up your home devotions or yeah. conversations about spiritual things and conversations about worldly things. Mm, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with the conversations about spiritual things, but I think one of the things that is helpful, Christian families who can talk about worldly things mm-hmm. from a spiritual perspective. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's a television show, uh, an advertisement, uh, a radio, uh, something on the radio or whatever it is, uh, you know, news, if a family is able to talk about worldly things from God's perspective, that's prepping the family for every encounter. Uh, that's just not, you know, so. Yeah, you're teaching, like you're not teaching them what to think, but how to think. Yeah, about the issues that they face every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I'm hearing, of course, you know, any anyone that's in the public school system, you know, they're getting hammered by all kinds of things. Well, it's up to, mm-hmm. the, you know, the families to be able to know that and say, you know, this is this is what we believe. This is why we believe it. We, we believe that God's word is authoritative for us. This is the revelation of God for how life should be lived. Let's talk about this in light of what you just experienced and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's really good. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with CPYU, uh, Walt Mueller's organization, have, yeah. which is nationally known, but he's here in E-Town. Yeah. 
just puts out great resources. Austin sends out a parent page to youth group parents. Yeah. Um, I've got so. his card on my desk right now with a sticky note because uh-huh. I, I reached his office a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. We had met, uh, Walt and I met together up at Gordon Conwell back in May or June. And uh, we ran into each other again. Of course, we're neighbors, practically neighbors, and we're up there. Mm-hmm. So we usually spend a few minutes together. And so I said, hey, I'm going to call you. So I'm waiting for a return call because okay. I want him to think through with us about that catechism that we're trying to work mm-hmm. on. What are these signals that the world is sending? And yet the scriptures gives us truth. You That's know? good. Well, I just stalked him. I just tried to show up at his office and meet him. But Did you? Was, yeah, he just well, wasn't there. Not long ago? Uh, it was a while ago okay. now. Okay. Because yeah, he was away for he was away from uh, for the early part of the summer, and he said I should be he said I should be free around mid July. Yeah, I I forget the answer I got from the people in the office. Anyway, none of that matters to you except for the <laughs> no. fact that he is he is a, a great he's an expert on uh, the culture as well as mm-hmm. how the youth respond to the culture. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the end of verse twenty three reads then right. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Um, So wavering, doubt, uh, what are some things a person who's struggling, feeling like they're losing their spiritual balance, what can they do to kind of, you know, restabilize? Yeah, the first thing is tell someone. That's a great answer. Tell someone quickly. Just call your, your friend who should be a strong faith family member who cares for you, loves you, call that person and tell them what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I would say, don't do anything else. Start there. Mm-hmm. Now, that may not be enough, but, but it's a great place to start. And all, I mean, if, if any of this is true that we've talked about through the years together, uh, and I don't know how long you and I have been together, but all the years that we've been together, mm-hmm. is all the times we've talked about the importance of faith, family, one another, Mm-hmm. And being involved with someone's life, trying to help, you know, another person grow through things. I mean, I would say, yes, please make sure you have someone like that. If you don't, then you got to take a shot at one of us and say, <laughs> call us up and say, look, could you, can we just come in and talk or can you meet us somewhere? And because uh, there's nothing like having someone knowing where you can confess that mm-hmm. and they, they will pray for you and, and help you. Yeah. So two thoughts. One is simply, that's okay. Don't be scared. People throughout, oh Christians my. throughout human history have wavered and had doubts. Oh so Forever. like, first of all, I think I would say that's normal, you know? It is normal. To have doubts yeah. and to waver. So don't panic or, you know, yeah. you know, just eject. I know, I know it's embarrassing too, you know, like yeah. to have to tell, if I have to come up to you and say, Jonathan, I'm, my faith is low today. I'm, I'm just not really doing, it's kind of embarrassing yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say to you too, you might, you might experience this depending on who you ask, but I hope that you realize that you're not going to run into people here in this faith family that are going to condemn you for wavering. I just, that would be the worst thing would be, I mean, if you happen to, contact one of those types of people just try again <laughs> that's very good <laughs> just do another person because we we just don't want we we don't want that around here this is real stuff yeah absolutely it's not about us browbeating you because you're struggling we need to help each yeah. other we all struggle mm-hmm. and that was kind of leading into the second thought i had which mm-hmm. is plug into the faith family and that like and and i don't know it's a uh, 
advertisement for Karen Share Groups yeah. or the ABS. Especially the Karen Share Groups. Yeah, just that's these. What, that's why they exist. These environments where you have, like we say, meaningful relationships. Few. There's a few people there. Yeah. And you know these people well. You yeah. sat at their table. You're yeah. in their house or they're in your house. And there's established relationships. Yeah. There's trust there. Exactly. Um, and that's, yeah. That's and, while, reason. and while we say there's no risk-free zones anywhere on the planet, those care and share groups are one of the safest places to bear your soul and know that these people care for you and they're going to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. All right. Tackled all the questions. Wow. And the rabbit trails. Good. All of them. You're still going to go with rabbit trails? Well, the Walt Mueller thing was kind of a rabbit trail. Was it? Yeah, but we okay. came back. All we right. came back. Okay, that's good. All right. You're going you're gonna to hear from you know, Ray and those guys with this rabbit trail I know. thing. I know. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> Faith family, thank you. Love you guys. Uh, if you do have questions for the podcast after any of the Sunday sermons, you can email it to podcast at cbcmj.com. Uh, we, we love interacting in that way. Send it to Roger Garber at? yeah whatever his email isn't roger at gmail.com but if you send it to roger at gmail.com i'm sure whoever that roger is would appreciate that email he would love those questions whoever that roger is (laughs) yeah um so yeah we'll see you on sunday we've got a baptism a lot of baptisms praise the lord for that it's really exciting yeah absolutely it's gonna be great it should be a good day and a short sermon yeah, it, it has to be. I just, it has to be. Jason and I were talking about the minutes. And it's like, oh, Lord. Okay. We're glad for the baptism. Yes, we are. We'll see you on Sunday. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.